This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. In last episode number 25, you learned from the Greg Hickman, who went from a $110,000 corporate gig to a startup failure, but then what? Okay, our guest today is Shahar Gilad. Now, you guys are gonna love our guest today. He's the founder of Sound Better, and he's got 15 years of professional music, audio, and marketing experience. He was also director of product marketing at Grammy-winning Waves Audio and was also a product manager at Apple. Shahar, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do this. Dude, we're pumped to be here. I'm stoked that you made time. We're both part of the 500 family, which I love, and you're based out on the West Coast, right? Um, actually, I share my time between New York City and Tel Aviv, so I'm on the West Coast occasionally where I am now, but... Uh... Yep, that's that's kind of where I spend most of my time. Very cool. Now, look, everyone, in fact, Sean here, who's in studio with me, flipped out when I said product product marketing at Apple. Now, of course, you're you're and yeah, and waves. Now you're focused on sound better right now. But real quick, what were you focused on at Apple? Any big lessons you took there when you were doing product marketing? Yeah, actually, uh, my, my gig at Apple was kind of a short one. It started as uh, an MBA internship uh, with our product marketing team and then continued on to some part-time work and then was asked to go back there and manage a couple more projects. So um, working with the product marketing team at Apple taught me a lot. First of all, that having a corporate day job can actually be awesome if you're working on something that you're passionate about and are surrounded by um, interesting, smart, and cool people. Um, I think that was that was kind of a big takeaway uh, for me, whereas before, you know, I had some corporate gigs earlier on and then, you know, went off to do just music and freelance and self-employed type work. So so that kind of brought me back into to uh, to the understanding that, that that being at a company can actually be a pretty great thing if, if you're working on something that's great. Um, and, you know, naturally being in that kind of environment. Uh, Apple is is very good at at understanding has always been very good at understanding what users want. And I think that's the key to to marketing and to product marketing is is not doing marketing that's post product, just taking you know being handed something and then you know working real hard to market it, but building something that people want and really understanding your users just makes it all a lot easier. Well, speaking about building something that people really want, it looks like you're onto something with Sound Better. You articulated to me before the show uh, some of your numbers and what you're focused on. Why don't you start by telling us how many customers you're serving, what run rate, run rate yearly you've been able to achieve, and then what Sound Better is focused on long term? Sure. So I'll, maybe within one sentence, I'll tell what Sound Better is. Sound Better is a services marketplace for musicians. So we help um, musicians connect with professionals uh, that helps them get to a finished product, which means a finished song. And that's a really big need these days because there are millions of musicians who are now self-producing self because recording equipment has become so accessible. And they have a, a need uh, to, to get help um, in getting to a finished product because that's, that's, it's not that easy. Recording is pretty easy, but then actually getting to a good sounding finished song is, is a little harder. So, so there's this kind of growing market of, of self-producing musicians. We're trying to connect with, uh, freelance 
production professionals and, and we're sort of the connector. So that's what it is we do. So who, who's actually, uh, Shahar, who's actually paying you then? Is it the freelancer who's paying you for gigs or the musicians paying your freelancers for great work? It's musicians paying the freelancers for great work, and the freelancers are paying us uh, a small commission in exchange for bringing them Ooh, this work. Ooh, I like this. Two-sided <laughs> two revenue stream. Okay, so tell us about this. Which one, what, what is your yearly run rate, and which side of the equation of that marketplace is, is generating more revenue, or, or are you more excited about? Well, we're, we're at 800K as of June 2015, a yearly run rate, which is pretty exciting for us because we're a two-person team. So that, I think that, And Shahar, real quick, for those of the top tribe listening right now that don't know what an annual run rate is, you said 800K an annual run rate. What does that mean? That means we take the revenue in the last month, which was June for us, and then multiply it times 12. So June, in other words, if you take June's numbers and say, okay, well, if this was a standard month, right, assuming there's no growth, and we have very nice growth, but assuming there was no growth, Take June numbers, multiply it times 12. That's what you'd be making, the revenue you'd have in a year. So an annual run rate, you were doing around maybe 65, 70K in June. Multiply exactly. that times 12, you get to 800K. So again, top tribe listening right now, if you're thinking about going in and starting a software as a service company, annual run rate is a great thing to focus on. Shahar is crushing it. Shahar, which side of the equation, the freelancers paying you or the musicians paying you, are you more excited about? Which one's making you guys more money? You know, to be honest, you got to be excited about both, and, <laughs> and and that's how two-sided marketplaces are. If it doesn't, and, and and not just in terms of them making you money, but in terms of giving them value, and I think the money comes after that. And I think that if you're not providing really uh, significant value to both sides, it won't work. I mean, there are a lot of marketplaces that try and manage to provide value to one side, and then it it just always flops because you need both sides. They feed off each other. Okay, so. I am a closeted musician. I just rocked Uptown Funk in my shower this morning. It sounded amazing because it's a freaking echo chamber in there. But I want to pay you to make me famous, basically. I right. want you to make my song better. What am I, as the musician, going to pay sound better? So you're going to pay uh, the provider on the other uh, the other end of the platform uh, whatever it is that that they charge for whatever it is you need, right? So you could go on Sound Better and say, like, let's say you post a job and you say, hey, I've got this song, um, you know, Uptown Funk, and I want someone to produce um, the track for it. And then, you know, I'll record the vocals and I want somebody to help me mix and master it. And you'll get five proposals from top pros that we vetted. And you choose one and you work with them. And, and you know, that, that could range. It'll, it'll probably be a few hundred dollars for that kind of project. Um, and you pay them and, you know, we facilitate the payment. And um, well, yeah, let's, we, so let's back up a second. Let's say I'm going to I found a proposal. I, I put the job up. I found a proposal. It's for 500 bucks. I pay the, the freelancer, you know, the Grammy Award. Some of them you said are Grammy Award winners to do the track yeah. and the audio. I pay them 500 bucks. Walk me through how you guys are making money off that 500. Sure. So that we we the Sambitter's revenue stream is twofold. One is these uh, professional providers pay us a small fee to actually send you that proposal. What is that fee? Uh, uh, it's about four dollars per proposal right now. Okay, just just to submit a proposal. Just to submit a proposal. Got it. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So, and what about on the other yeah. side? So and then um, if the job actually closes, you you know you pay this person, you hire them, and then you close the job. They'll give us an additional five percent of uh, of the of the job value. Got it. So it, it's actually free for the closeted musician like myself, basically. It's built into the it's, $500. It's a 1,000% free. I'll tell you more than that. It's more than free. It's cheaper than what the, it'll cost a musician anywhere else because there's competition on our platform for these jobs that we intake. 
Um, it's typically cheaper than if you were just to, you know, go to Google and find some engineer's website and email them and ask them how much it would be. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay. So you, we kind of did this backwards. We're, we're talking about like bottom of the funnel stuff, like customers and revenue, but I know based off your website, you guys are producing a ton of content. Walk me through the top of the funnel. How are people finding sound better? Yeah. So our, our main, uh, top of funnel channel is, uh, organic traffic. Um, we're doing pretty well there, ranking for the key terms that musicians look for when they're looking for these types of services. And so, so how many unique views would you say are getting about a, a month? Uh, close to 30,000 as of right now and okay. growing every month. Yeah. Great. And so it's, uh, it's uh, you know, that was kind of a strategy from day one is, is to essentially uh, rank for these, for these key terms so that we get this organic traffic. That's, it's very valuable. It's typically people that have intent, it's free traffic and, you know, it's challenging because, uh, SEO as a strategy, it takes time to build up and, um, it takes a lot of work, a lot of content. Um, but you know, if, if you can make it happen, if you can end up ranking for the key terms that you're going for, that can be very, very valuable. And, and so for, for a top tribe listener right now, who might still be a student at school, who's looking to rank for say a lawn care service in their local, their local town, how, how do they, how should they be thinking about which keywords to write content around to try and rank for? How do you find those keywords? Yeah. I think the keywords, I think what's important is to consider what is it that the client that they're trying to get is searching for, right? So you don't want to rank for key terms that, you know, that are maybe just like inform, informative or, you know, informational. Um, you don't want it to be too broad because it's probably going to be too hard to compete for that. You, you mentioned that the, the student might be in a specific town, lawn care in a specific town. I think, you know, um, saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, mowing services, uh, you know, I'm not being on lawn care, but mowing services in the name of the town is going to be much easier to rank for than just lawn care. And lawn care also, it sounds like a very kind of formal term that, that, um, if, if you're not careful, you might try to rank for it, but the truth is the odds of the client is actually looking for that is small. So I think you really, you know, try to use very kind of layman's key, you know, the words, terminology, and um, that's going to make it easier. I mean, of course, you know, Google has uh, enough kind of uh, natural language processing that they understand that those things are related. But the closer it is to what the client is looking for, that the easier it is. And the more narrow it is, the easier it is. So, uh, Shahar, I want to pull something out of this real quick for the top tribe tuning in. You have to really define the customer that you're going after. In fact, think about if you had the five most ideal customers in the entire world, who are those customers? And then make your keywords so specific to those targeted folks that, you again, you know they're going to be great, high-paying customers of your business. Rank for those words instead of ranking for just a generic term like mowing services. Shahar, did I articulate that correctly? Yeah, much better than me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I want to make sure that folks are pulling actionable things out of the podcast. So that's great advice. Now, 30K unique website views, they're coming to your site. Are you immediately putting them into, say, you know, a, a paid plan or is there a process? Is there a trial? Is there a free giveaway? Is there a referral program? How do you Yeah, convert? so, I mean, those, the most, most of that traffic, of course, is the musicians. And typically when somebody gets introduced to Sound Better, it's not like they have a project that they're ready to pull the trigger on at that moment. So it's a little different than certain other e-commerce sites. Um, I think, you know, it's sort of a, a bit of a long play in a website or a marketplace like ours where the services are several hundred dollars per service and, um, you know, people will discover it as a resource and then when they're ready to actually hire someone, then they're going to come back. So, um, you know, the funnel is a little different than some than some other funnels, but what we typically want to, um, you know, get musicians to understand is that this is a trustworthy platform. That we've got the best providers in the world on this platform and that they can post a job for free. It doesn't cost them anything. 
um, to just get those proposals. Well, because we believe those proposals will be compelling enough then, you know, to, to get them to pull the trigger, hopefully. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And, you know, tying in with almost costing nothing, you know, you guys are going to love in episode eight, we talked to the person who helped take GoPro from 300K to 300 million in annual sales using something called REM time to get Super Bowl time almost for free, almost costing nothing like Shahar has done. And in fact, we're celebrating. So you can actually win the brand new GoPro and the top's fa- top three favorite business books by texting the word Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, to 33444. Again, to win that GoPro and those top business books. So, Shahar, last question before we get to my favorite part of each episode. Are you a musician yourself? I am a musician myself. Okay, come on. Yeah. Give, give me a little chord or something. Sing me something good. <laughs> I'm not going to sing you something right now. Come on, Shahar. <laughs> this is like your free, this is free promotion, man. Yeah, you could, you could find my stuff online at shahar.com. But the truth is that it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, being a musician definitely helped me understand, uh, recognize, I think, first of all, the need that these musicians have before a lot of other people in the industry and also build, kind of understand, you know, how they work and what their pains are. So really to try to address those, you know, being an insider made a hu- made and makes still today a huge <laughs> difference. I love that, man. Well, Shahar, it's my favorite part of the episode. Do you know what time it is? What time is Dude, it? Dude, it's time for the famous five. Are you ready to rock and roll? Okay, let's try. Okay, this. number one, Shahar. What is your favorite business book? You know, uh, favorite business book. I actually these days I don't have much time for books, so I'm reading articles. And um, I think that uh, I don't know Paul Graham's essays probably one of my top favorites. I mean, he just when you're when it comes to startups and, and Silicon Valley culture, he nails it in like very simple language, but very very insightful. So. Um, I'll go with that. Great. And we'll link to all of these answers and links in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top. Okay, Shahar, number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? CEO that I'm following or studying right now? Um, good question. I don't think that there's one particular one, but I make a point of meeting every CEO I can that I think is doing a good job and um, you know, is we can learn something from, you know, that that's working in marketplaces, for example. So, uh, you know, one of the advantages of, of, of being in the Valley is you can, you know, it's pretty easy to reach out to all these people and, 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 you know, pick their brains. And that's, that's pretty fantastic, which is why I try to make myself available as well. So, uh, yeah, that's great. Okay. You're building a business. You've grown it to seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar annual run rate. Do you have a favorite online tool like Evernote? Favorite online tool? Um, I'm a pretty big uh, Google Docs user. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's you know that that makes a huge difference in, in being able to uh, to to have a, a distributed team, which we have. So that's 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 one that I'm big on. You know, of course, I use the same ones everybody else uses: Intercom for customer support, and you know, Trello for uh, task management and things like that. But Google Docs is probably, I always have five tabs of that open. All right, great. F- five tabs. Okay, that's an important tool. Um, wonderful. Number four, look, we're hustling our butts off. We're building six and seven and eight figure businesses. Here's a key question, though. When you start talking about health, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep each night? I probably haven't gotten eight hours of sleep in a couple of years. Uh, uh, got it. <laughs> how, how old are you, Shahar? I'm 39, as of two days ago. Wow. Do you have kids? I don't have kids. Are you married? 
I'm not. I have a girlfriend. Oh, no, dude, that's an, that's awesome. I mean, just do your own <laughs> thing whenever you want. No, you know, no, no offense to all the top tribe listeners right now who are mar- happily married with you know seven kids. You know, just yeah. employ them. That's free work. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it's really hard. I, I feel like every kid is a startup. You know, yeah. and uh, you know if you're. If, if you're not going to sleep when you have kids, you're not going to sleep when you have a startup. It's the same thing. You really got to be in, in pretty much in gung-ho mode when you're doing a startup. So You heard uh, it here first on the top. Every kid is like a startup. Okay, number five, Shahar. If you wish your 20-year-old self knew one thing, what would it be? Um, it would, if I could tell my 20-year-old self one thing, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. That's what got me here, and I think it's been a pretty pretty good ride. Well, you know, ups and downs, but yeah, I would just say, keep, keep doing, doing it. Well, and it sounds like the ride you're going, you're going to be on over the next several years is going to be extremely interesting. So if people want to follow that ride, where can they connect with you online? They can uh, connect on Twitter, uh, Shahar Gilad and uh, LinkedIn, of course. And uh, yeah, that's, those are probably the two best ways to, to stay in touch. Well, great. Well, from Tel Aviv to San Francisco, product marketing at Apple to working with Grammy award-winning Waves Audio and now sitting on a rocket ship that's an 800K annual recurring run rate business. Shahar, thanks for taking our audience to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan. You Take bet. care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Coming up in episode number 27, you are going to learn from my friend, Todd Herman. Now, Todd is a billion, a billionaire and royal family coach. He put 56,000 bucks into a launch and got 556,000 back out in under 30 days. This podcast is produced by Oration Recording and is sponsored by Eddie Communications and Roanoke, Virginia's Grandin CoLab, the premier workspace for entrepreneurs and growing companies.